What is up, everybody? Raymond Summerlin here, the Sharp Angles Podcast, joined by my good friend, my compatriot, Mr. Rich Rebar, the Swami of Konami. How are you doing, my friend? We're doing good. We're knocking on the door of what flipping over another month. Uh, we are feeling good because the book is done, right? Like, you know, so it's kind yeah. of like we're turning the corner on the summer. We're going to come out of 4th of July and it's going to be football season. Yeah, no, we, uh, we've we been grinding the whole month of June on Warren Sharp's 2023 preview book. We're getting close to it being done. It's going to be released uh, the week. July 5th is the plan right now. That it's going to be released. We already have released two free chapters on the website on sharpfootballanalysis.com. You go to sharpfootballanalysis.com, you click on the link, it's right at the top of the page. You put in your email address, you will get two free chapters from the 2023 preview book. They are the chapters for the Giants and for the Falcons. We're actually going to talk about those teams today. That's probably not coincidental that we're talking about them today, and those are the free chapters, but they are available to you right there. We've been doing that for you know over a month now, month and a half. We've been grinding on this book. I'm really proud of it. Uh, I've read through the whole thing. You're the only one really that's good. read the whole book. I, I, at this point, yeah, I think I am. I am the only person on earth so far that has read the entire 2023 book. I know that will be changing rapidly once it is released. So yeah, go and check that out. Go and check out the free chapters. Pre-order the book. You will. You will not be sad that you did. But since I have been reading these, I think I looked it up as something like uh, over 250,000 words or something like that over the over the last month and a half. I've been a little loopy. I won't I won't lie to you. I've been a little out of there. And I was actually thinking I was I was thinking of I want I like to start these podcasts. I want to start these podcasts with like a weird question to ask you. You know, just to get to know that the people can get to know you. And what I want what I came up with, I wanted to ask you what your weirdest music take was. But that was very self-serving. And as we huh. talked about before the podcast, the only reason I wanted to ask you that was because my weirdest music take is that there was a time in the early 2010s that the Marathon Oil Company was making the best Americana music. They would make original bangers for all of their commercials. Meaning in the mile, full tank of freedom, absolute bangers. And so before the show, I made Rich listen to these to these amazing Americana songs. And Rich, am I lying? Is there a hint of a lie in what I'm telling you? No, no. And uh, American Spirit, I think, is the one most people are familiar American with. American Spirit? Uh, yeah, that's uh, a good one, too. Uh, absolute heat, man. I mean, who knew that the, uh, you know, Big Oil was out here, you know, using their money properly for some, some catchy commercial jams? My favorite thing about that is... A, that I think about it often. Like, I was thinking about it today. That's what prompted this conversation. <laughs> like, I sing those songs in the shower. But my second favorite thing about that is that they didn't, like, they didn't just license a song from somebody else for their commercials. They were like, we have a vision. We have a vision about what the American roads are. And we're going to make absolute hits. Absolute hits of Americana music. And it's such a weird thing for an oil company to do. And I love every second of it. So... I recommend I'm going to take a road. I'm going to get take a road trip after this. Just so I can listen to these songs in my car on a road trip. The best part is they're only 30 seconds long. So you just have to, <laughs> you just have to listen to it on repeat for a while. But yes, we are recommending go find marathon oil commercials and, uh, and live your, live your best life. Um, sorry. Yeah. yeah. Full, again, get a full, get yourself a full tank of freedom. 
<laughs> anyway, yeah, so we're loopy from the book. We won't lie to you about that. But uh, like I said, we're really proud of it. And what we want to do today is we want to talk a little bit about some of the stuff we have learned about the Falcons and Giants, the two free chapters that are available to you on sharpfootballanalysis.com. So just a little bit about them. There's so much more in the book. I can't even describe to you how much is in there. Go and read them. If you've never read Warren's book before, go and look at those free chapters. You're going to be amazed and you're going to want to order the whole thing. I promise you. We're going to just hit on a few things. Talk about maybe their most underrated units, a weakest unit, and then kind of what we think about their season. What's the X factor? Where, where do we think this season is going to go? And I think it makes sense to start with the Giants, since the Giants were the surprise team or one of the surprise teams, along with the Seahawks and Lions from last year. And as we're thinking about kind of moving forward, are they going to be able to build on this in the second year under Brian Dayball? Kind of what, what are some things where we're looking at? So as you look at this team and you're looking at kind of the the – the layout of this team and you're thinking about, okay, what's one part of this team that people maybe are underrating? What, what sticks out to you? Yeah. Finding an underrated unit uh, on the giants is, is tough, right? I feel like, you know, it is pretty properly rated. Like no one's really flying under the radar. I will say if there's an area where I think they can overachieve maybe initial expectations, it's maybe in the pass rush department. Uh, you know, obviously, if Kevin Thibodeau takes another step forward, uh, Ozizo's already can play, you know, a, a full season. And they obviously have one of the best interior kind of disruptors in the game in Dexter Lawrence. Like, that's probably the one area where, like, if if they just generate, like, a real good pass rush, maybe it's going to make up for a lot of things. Listen, we know Wink's going to send a bunch of blitzes, too, to go along with those guys. But it, they're really kind of hard to find an underrated unit, unit though, like, to kind of say, like, pinpoint one area and say, like, you know what, this – this is flying under the radar here with this team. I actually think you nailed the underrated unit. I don't know if people know how good their defensive line uh, actually is, because even if you look at like just sack numbers last year, they didn't do well in, in sack numbers. They were 16th in sack rate. But if you look at their pressure rate, they were 11th in pressure rate. They were a, they were a better pass rush than, than they were a sack team. If you look at non-blitzes, because you mentioned they do like to blitz, and that is true. They blitz at um, more than oh, almost double the league average. Like, mm -hmm. they they are the number one blitz team, and it's not even close. Even on non-blitzes, though, they had the 16th pressure rate. So they were a solid, a solid pass rush, which, like you said, has an opportunity to get better because Kayvon Thibodeau is going to be in his second year. He actually had a higher pressure rate last year than Aiden Hutchinson did. Aiden Hutchinson got the production in the sacks, but... Thibodeau had a higher pressure rate. They're going to hopefully get a full year out of Ojolari, who had, who has 13 and a half career sacks and 551 career pass rush snaps. He's been very productive when he's been on the field. He just wasn't on the field last year, unfortunately. And so, yeah, I think that there's upside here. Leonard Williams didn't play as as good as he had in the past last season. Maybe he bounces back, although he's getting you know a little older. He's at a position that ages pretty well, so maybe he bounces back. Dexter Lawrence is obviously a you know a monster and you know one of the better defensive linemen in the league. And I don't know if people because their defense was so bad, especially when Adoree Jackson was out. I don't know if people recognize the talent that they have on that defensive line and now kind of the talent they have in the front seven that they brought in uh, Bobby uh, Okolare. And so this, this front seven is quietly pretty good. I'm not saying they're an elite unit, but I think they're a, a pretty good front seven. What about if we're looking at like question marks, I think we're probably going to both 
I don't know if we're both going to find the same question mark. I imagine you go on the offense. But it's kind of funny that the question marks we think about on these teams are kind of tangentially related. Which What's a question mark for you? Yeah, I, have, I mean, this team is a ton. I have a ton of question marks for the Giants, obviously. Uh, you know, it sounds like you're trying to lead me into the secondary, which I definitely have concerns about. Linebackers, uh, concern again. Uh, offensive line, I think, is, is still a concern. Obviously, with them having gone through this with Andrew Thomas, where Andrew Thomas wasn't good as a rookie and then has been literally one of the best offensive tackles since his rookie season, yeah. you're you're willing to give more of, you know, of a pass for what, we saw happen with Evan Neal as, as a rookie. Uh, so you're, but you, you want with that kind of draft capital, you want a turnaround where at least it's baseline production. But I mean, Evan Neal was one of the worst tackles in the NFL last year when he was on the field. Uh, the interior isn't very good either, uh, which is counter um, the inverse of the next team we're going to talk about, right? Which has a, a clear strength on the offensive line, but that caused a lot of the problems. And I think paired with the wide receiver unit that the giants put out of just how they had to operate their offense, right? You look at Daniel Jones, I mean, he they had him moving outside of the pocket at the highest rate of, of all quarterbacks in the NFL, low A dot. And, and it's and some of that has to do with what they had in terms of weaponry, but also this offensive line isn't very good. And it, and I still have questions yeah. if it's going to be good again this year. No, I actually was leading you into the wide receivers, which you didn't even mention, which are also a massive question mark. You and I have talked about the wide receivers yeah, yeah. on this podcast in that they they don't make any sense like whatsoever we don't understand how they fit together and if darren waller gets hurt then it's all a mess and like you said that forces them to run their offense it may be in a different way than they would want to where you know you look at daniel jones improvement last year and daniel jones improvement last year was because he was much more successful in the red zone and because he scrambled a lot more than he had scrambled previously i think his scramble rate doubled or something like that. And part of that is because they he had no one to throw to, especially late in the season. I mean, we saw Isaiah Hodgins take a step forward, but are we really trusting that from, you know, a guy that has, what, 11 career appearances and was cut by the Bills earlier last season? I, I don't really know. And so I was actually leading you towards wide receivers, which is going to leave me to talk about the secondary, which you mentioned, <laughs> which is also a major concern area. You know, we saw last season when Adoree Jackson was out how little talent there was there. And Adoree, it's not like Adoree Jackson is an elite corner either. He's good. He has his ups and downs, though. He's headed into the final year of his contract. They did spend their first round pick on Deontay Banks. But I was talking to our draft guru, Ryan McChrystal, about this. And he thinks, and he wrote this in the book, actually, he thinks that Banks probably needs some time to develop. And it would be better if Banks wasn't forced immediately into a starting role, but like he's going to be forced immediately into a starting role. They need him to start given, you know, what else is, what else is there? The, the, you know, the safety group, I mean, they're going to get McKinney back from that weird ATV accident, but I, like, I don't know what the safety group looks like. That secondary is, is a mess. And you kind of mentioned it with the defensive line that puts a lot of pressure on the front seven to get, to get pressure. It puts a lot of pressure on, wink to be right with his blitz packages because if they're not then they don't really have the talent in the the defensive backfield in my opinion to play the way he wants to play high blitz high man coverage i just don't know if that's going to work out for them again this year yeah i mean the giants they're a team too like you know just how hot that they run like they ran so pure in like the variance departments right i mean this is a team that you know they 
they were sec- tied for second in the NFL in wins and games in which they trailed. Um, they they won a bunch of games that were just like really close one score games. Is that guy they can have that kind of luck? Their schedule is a lot harder this year. They go they have like a weird road schedule at the front of this season where they're just constantly on the road, which means you do get to play a lot of home games for the back stretch if you are if you survive that. But uh, what if you're in the hole, right? Like in the NFC, because the Cowboys and Eagles are going to be good teams. So what are, you know, this is a team that only won one division game last year as well. So, like, there's a lot of, you know, probably top-down concerns with the, the Giants and the overall success they had and just assuming, like, well, they're going to get inherently better, right? They can actually be a better football team, I think, this year and win fewer games, if that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. I kind of wanted to get to that point. Like, when I'm thinking about trying to make predictions about this team, I I think that they they prob- they've improved in a few areas. I think they probably could be a better team. Daniel Jones can take a step forward. Um, outside of the red zone, outside of the, outside of the red zone, he still wasn't very good last year. And if they can get Waller going, and they can, I don't know, maybe Jalen Hyatt hits the ground running faster than I think you and I think he's going to. Maybe they can figure something out there. But I think that there's some improvement that could that Daniel Jones could have. You know, there are areas where this team could improve. But you mentioned it. If I'm thinking about like their win total, if I'm going to go over or under their win total. They were already reasonably lucky last year with their come from behind wins. I believe they went eight, four, and one in one score games. And so even if they're better, we don't know if they're going to win more games in a tough, the only tough uh, division in the NFC, you know, with maybe the two best NFC teams in that same division with them, teams that they couldn't beat last year and uh, the Eagles who absolutely ran them out of the building in the playoffs. They, you mentioned the schedule. They have rest disadvantage throughout the schedule. Warren writes extensively about that in the book. It's just, it's tough for me to see them having as successful of a year here. The one caveat to that is I re- Brian Dayball is a very good coach. And maybe that is enough to kind of paper over all the cracks. Yeah, that's what that's kind of what you're just hoping for. How true is it? Um, you know, I tend to value that stuff a little bit less than the compared to like the players and player performance. How do what is your opinion on the uh the Daniel Jones extension? Is this something you would have given out? Their, their hands are kind of tied, but like, yeah, it, it's tough. They didn't man. have a choice, right? Like, they didn't have a choice, and so like, I don't, I, I always, I live with a Giants fan, and so like, uh, you know, when when he yeah. got the extension, it's like, hey, this is coming, just so you know, like, be prepared. And even though no one is coming, he was still kind of distraught of like, they've got to find someone better. <laughs> yeah, I like, I, I think when you look at Daniel Jones last year, you don't look at a quarterback that was, that really took the step forward. No, it was his first year in a new system. And maybe this year is a year he takes a step forward. Maybe we feel better about it. He didn't have a good offensive line. He didn't have good weapons. So I'm, I'm trying to reserve judgment on Jones because I think that Jones has been in pretty much a bad situation since he was drafted. And so I'm trying to reserve judgment, but none of the underlying numbers, especially outside of the red zone last year, looked great. And if he's just going to be a scramble quarterback in uh, a system quarterback, and you've spent a lot of money for that. And so I... Like, I'm not sure you don't just have Jimmy Garoppolo, which I guess is fine. Good coaches have won with Jimmy Garoppolo. Kyle Shanahan got to the Super Bowl and probably should have won a Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo. I think Brian Dayball, is he hasn't proven himself to Kyle Shanahan's level, but I could see him being at that level of a coach. And so I am, you know, it could happen, but we need to see, we need to see more of him. But all of that said, 
would I have done it if I was the Giants? Probably because what? Yep. What was their other option? Exactly. What's their other option? And kind of the do you, do you want to be starting Baker Mayfield this year like the Bucks are? Is that the situation that you're interested in being in? And if you're not, if that's not where you want to go, then you, you don't have an option that you're stuck. That's all it is. Yep. Yeah, one hundred percent. What about you? Have you have you thought any about here about the? I'm kind of leaning under here for this team. Have you thought any about? Yeah, this was one of my early. I actually bet they're under before the schedule even came out, and I and when the rest disadvantage stuff all came out, I just I, I bet it again. I went back and bet it again. Yeah, I I really don't like that we're both on that because like well because we are I, pro pro day ball. That's the problem. It's a really like the coaching staff, but I just I don't know. There's a lot of there are a lot of red flags. It's weird because I a feel team? like it'll be considered a disappointment if they don't make the playoffs like they did last year and they won a playoff game last year. But I feel like they they're probably going to be a real a better real football team than they were last year and they'll probably win fewer games. Yeah, it's it's a really odd situation. It's the NFL, man. It's it's, it's the way it is. You know, it's kind of interesting. The Falcons, who I want to talk about next, the Falcons had a bit of a like a similar thing happen with with them i believe in arthur smith's um in arthur smith's uh, second year like they his first year they won a decent amount of of games yeah they won seven games in 2021 they won seven games uh last year in in 2022 but i think that the falcons in 2022 were a better team than they were in in 2021 and so it was like it was a very kind of similar situation where you can you can improve and still not see that in the wins because wins and losses in a small sample are kind of fluky. Like if you just do what the Vikings did last year and win all of your one score games, you're going to have a very odd looking, you know, record. And so like, like you said, that could happen to the giants. I'm interested in the Falcons this year because I think this could be the year that the Falcons take another step forward, get over that kind of seven win hump. They're not in a good division and kind of, and, and get even get into the playoffs. And I don't know if that is if that is kind of the public opinion of this team. And so when you're kind of looking at this team and looking at who is the public undervaluing, what are you most interested in this team? Like how are you viewing the Falcons right now? Yeah, the Falcons are interesting because I do agree with you and I know you know Warren's chapter as well, but I do still think that the way this team operates is um is not a stable way to to operate as an NFL team for long-term success. Like wanting to play close games and wanting to be in a bunch of one-score games just adds yourself on that side of variance like we talked about, right? Um, so that's kind of where I am with them. I do agree. I think a lot of the moves they made, especially defensively, are pros. They've got young talent on offense. They've got one of the better offensive lines in the league. But they inherently want to do like what the Titans did for years. And they want to just be in these games that are inherently low scoring. You look at last year. I mean, even the games they win, like they're, they're one score wins. They're winning these games by field goals. And it's like, it's, it's one thing to say, like, it's a feature. All oh, the Falcons played in 15 one score games. Well, yeah, I see that as a bug, a big picture bug, because you can get in the wild card. You might be able to win the NFC South that way, but you need to punch up in the NFL. I mean, look at these, look at the quarterbacks. You have to go, look what you have to have offensively to win a Super Bowl in today's NFL. And what is so good about the Falcons is that they are good at like hitting the baseline, right? Like they're not going to, I don't think they're going to lose money. Like you're not losing house money, but also like they're probably not cashing one any of there. So for them, I think it's a little bit different than the Titans 
the problem the Titans had, well, it's similar in that they're both in bad divisions and just being, just playing competent football in a bad division can win you the division and get you into the playoffs. And we saw the Titans do that with Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry, but the Titans then got to the playoffs and were playing real teams. Whereas the one real team that the Falcons would even have to play in the playoffs. And I'm not even, I'm not predicting they're going to, you know, get to the Super Bowl or anything is the Eagles. Right. And so if you can take this, this Arthur Smith philosophy to its absolute, absolute pinnacle end, which I think probably is what the Titans did. Yeah. And you don't have to go through Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. And I think Joe was Joe Burrow there when they were doing it. Not quite, but if you don't have to go through like those juggernaut teams, then it's it's a little bit more doable and then you end up in the then you end up in the you know super bowl and anything can happen in a super bowl right i don't think that what arthur smith is trying to do is that dissimilar from what kyle shanahan is doing in san francisco and kyle shanahan has had a lot of playoff success with bad quarterback play now they have a good defense you mentioned atlanta's defense i think will be better this year i think they're they're defensive line they made a lot of really good additions to it they were older stopgap players i mean calais campbell is going to be 37 before or when the season starts i think or shortly after the season starts so they're stopgap players david onyamata is 30 i think and so this isn't the long-term solution but they're making short-term gains to to try to make this defense better to make this play style work a little bit better and if it does then you know you feel you feel that at least in the NFC, you have a puncher's chance because you're not going up against the elite of the elite. Because if it's not the Eagles and let's say the 49ers, if Brock Purdy really hits, who else are you scared of in, in that conference? Like, are there any other real juggernauts there? I mean, the Cowboys, I think, are extremely very good, a very good football team. Yeah, but the Cowboys have a massive red flag that's named Mike McCarthy. And <laughs> at some point, it's really hard for me to really trust them at to say like i think they're a very good team i think they have the second best roster in the nfc maybe the third best roster behind the 49ers uh if depending on how you weight quarterbacks but mm -hmm. that 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 mccarthy flag is it's red buddy like it is it's tough with everything he's been saying this offseason yeah i mean i don't really believe a lot of that like to the degree like the public does obviously the, the cowboys were already a run heavy team like we talked about a little bit with the commanders last week and the what was the, the quote the gm had where they're going to be two to one i think a lot of that stuff is just a lot of like it doesn't really translate to actually what's really going to happen in terms of like play splits and stuff like that so i mean the cowboys are going to throw the football uh I don't know that said, i i just look at this falcons team and i think that there's reason to be excitement but obviously the, it's going to come down to, you know, is Desmond Ritter even like remotely like a baseline level, uh, you know, functional? Um, he needs to be a lot better than he was the final quarter of the season. He was a prospect that was not high on at all because he was a, you know, a late, late breakout. He's an older prospect. He couldn't handle, he didn't handle pressure at all in college. He didn't handle pressure at all in the four game sample we got uh, in the NFL. Um that's what's really going to come down to, right? Is this team going to be always a team like the Titans were, like chasing a quarterback, where you're just hoping Ritter's a, a Tannehill type, or do you do you need to get beyond that bar, right? Like you do, you got to swing up eventually. Even in the NFC, you eventually get to have to do better than Ryan Tannehill level. Is Jimmy Garoppolo better than Ryan Tannehill level? 
I mean, listen, the 49ers didn't win anything with him either. So like <laughs> they were they were literally a completion away. A bad I'm, Jimmy Garoppolo throw. A lot, lot of things, a lot, lot of things you can go back and say could have, should have happened, but we'll never acknowledge the 49ers as a Super Bowl champion under Jimmy Garoppolo because it never happened. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I also think that their defense, while it's better, is probably not good enough to play the way that they want to play. The cornerback group is still a huge question. What I will say is that they did add upside to the corner group, you know, this isn't a corner. They added Jesse Bates at safety. So that kind of raises, I think, the entire secondary. They have AJ Terrell. You would expect a bounce back. He had a kind of rough season last year off of his breakout. Hopefully he bounces back. They traded for Jeff Okuda. Uh, you know, we haven't seen we haven't seen him, you know, reach what we expected him to be given his draft capital, but maybe there's some upside there. So at least they have upside in the secondary, and at least they have upside at cornerback. But yeah, they're going to need a lot more out of that group to play the game they want to play, especially if, as you say, if Ritter does not take that step forward. I wonder, this is actually an interesting question, what would you put the over-under at Taylor Heineke starts this this year? Because I do think Arthur Smith might be under, even though I think he's a very good quarterback, a very good coach, um, I think he might end up being under a little bit of pressure this year. I'm not sure. We're into year three, right, of this. So... Could he maybe get his hand forced and go to Heineke? What What would you think? I haven't even thought about that until this. Oh, moment. he's one hundred percent drawing live to start games. I mean, Ritter was a third round pick, right? Like he's he's like you obviously want to see this through and and give him a chance. But I mean, if the Falcons are losing games early in the season directly because of Desmond Ritter what what would stop them from making that move right like we know that this organization i i, I think turning to taylor heineke is not gonna be an answer by any means but uh you know this organization is likes taylor heineke because taylor heineke beat them two years in a row and like <laughs> so they definitely think a little higher of him but you look at the falcons they open the year with the panthers the packers the lions the jaguars like they could be what if they're one and three at that point right like it's not looking good then you get a nice little stretch where they should win a bunch of games uh texans commanders buccaneers titans you know they they could be they could beat the vikings they could beat the cardinals but uh it could be a slow start but that middle is nice and soft all these nfc south teams have such cushy schedules um i think when i look at them though i look at the falcons and i i, I see a path to where they still could win this division i definitely see it i don't think i see a path to them punching up uh, to the degree of excitement, I think maybe it's a wild card team, and maybe you you luck box into a win. But uh, I still think the Saints are a better overall roster and team than the Falcons are right now. Yeah, I mean, I, you have the same coaching concerns with the Saints, um, probably to a worse degree that I that I have with than I have with the Cowboys. But yeah, I think you're right. I think that the Saints do have a better overall roster. I just don't think the spread is that big, and uh, I, I oh no, no one's going to run away here with this with this division and the Panthers the are, are not the Panthers aren't, aren't out of it either. And in, in the equation of being able to maybe win this thing too. I, uh, I like the Falcons to win this division. I, uh, I really do. And I am, I, I may have already put some money down on that. And I think that more than them winning division, them making the playoffs uh, makes a lot of sense to me because as you mentioned, their schedule, you mentioned that first four games, I'm not really scared of, any of those teams though even the lions like i think the lions well no th- that's getting this a- nfl man like this all, there's a exactly. lot of teams in that bucket uh where they're winnable games uh but at least in well no i'd say at least only two of those games they'll have a quarterback deficiency but only two 
that's the, that's what I'm saying. Like, like we may be, by the way, I like the Lions. I like Dan Campbell. I, I love their offensive coordinator. We might be a little uh, out in front of our skis on the Lions. That's just something to file away for for later. We'll, my we'll my NFC North take is uh, before we get, you know, we'll get there, I guess, eventually. But it, it's not that the Lions, I think, are overrated. I think people are still are underrating the Packers still. I agree. I did not know we were on the same page, but yeah, like there's a world in which Jordan Love, if Jordan Love is average, the Packers are probably still the best team in that division. Like, and I know they didn't win the division last year and they, but they had a quarterback that literally did not want to play for them and uh, looked about as uninterested as ever. Like, I, I don't know if Jordan Love is average. I think they probably are the best team in the division, given what the Vikings are going to come back to earth from all of the wildness of their variant season. And uh, the Lions still have a lot of questions on defense. Like those questions still exist for them. So I do think I, we, am... I do think we get top back down to the Falcons. I do think a lot of things people see as features, though I still see as potential bugs for this team. Yeah. So like, yeah, if we're talking about the running game being great, you think like you you could see that glass half full and say, well, that's amazing. But part of the reason it has to be so great is because they can't pass the football, and so. <laughs> One of those things is more important to winning in the NFL in uh, the year 2023, and that's passing the football. But I do like this could just be an outlier team. Like there have Arthur Smith has been part of outlier teams in the past with the Titans. This could be an outlier team yep. in that they are able to to buck the trends of the modern NFL and still produce a quality offense. They already did it last year with Mariota and a very bad version of Desmond Ritter. And if Desmond Ritter takes even a small step forward, then you're feeling, you know, you're feeling a lot better. Kyle Pitt stays healthy. Maybe they give him some targets around the line of scrimmage instead of sending him 25 yards downfield for every one of his targets. I think that you'd like that, right? Do you, are you into? I think a lot of us in the fantasy community would very much enjoy to see them use, you know, Kyle Pitts just not as a three-point shooter. Yeah. Yeah, just run down the sideline, Kyle, and uh, we'll throw. I mean, it's tough you. when you have a guy like that though that can do those things. It's easy to fall in love with that, and you know, yeah. then you got to remember you can still use him to create mismatches on other levels of, the, of offense too. That's the one thing with the Falcons hey. is, um, you know, because they, they were last in the NFL in an accurate target rate combined as a team. Both quarterbacks are bad, but it's interesting is Mariota was really bad on those vertical shots. And then when Ritter got start, he was the worst inaccurate quarterback on the shallow to intermediate levels. Like they couldn't find the balance like between the two guys. And, you know, it's a Ritter was a rookie four game sample. So we'll see if it, it develops, but that's where they just have to find more consistency in terms of like marrying the, the efficiency on those two levels of, of the target tree. Can you imagine having your quarterbacks be worse than the uh, 2022 New York jets? Well, you that, throw, when you throw that many deep shots, man, you're taking like inefficient shots. Like it's, it's crazy. You know, I, if you ever want to have a great time, uh, just go look at the bottom of any quarterback metric that you're interested in. Pick one completion rate over expected EPA per play completion percentage. Just pick any one that you like quarterback rating and go to the bottom of the list for 2022. And you'll see that there are three jets quarterback pretty much at the bottom of every one of the list. And if, if you would like to know why people are interested in the Jets this year, that Jets team, by the way, almost made the playoffs, right? They were in the running for the playoffs until very late in the season with literally the worst quarterback play in the league. So if you're interested in, if you're interested in why people are in, into the Jets, there's, a, there's your reason. <laughs> All right, so I think we talked a lot about both of these teams. It seems like I am higher on the Falcons than you are. 
I'm not down on them. I just think that uh, it's no, a... you hate the Falcons. No, no, everybody you do this said to me it. all the time. You do this to me all the time. You hate the Falcons. You hate the Falcons. Just admit it. It does seem like we are both we are both uh, hesitant about the Giants, and so yeah, I think that I don't. I know. do like the I... Falcons win total over though. If we didn't, we didn't. You didn't ask me the specific question like we did the Giants. I do still like their win total over. How is that possible? You hate them. You said, I heard you say that Arthur Smith was the worst coach in the NFL. I heard you say that. So how could you like their over? We're gonna go full, we're gonna go full first. Take we're gonna keep track of these. We're gonna do it and then we'll tally um up at the end of the year and we'll see how we, how well we did. Well, well we did. Yeah, I like uh I like the Falcons over too. And like I said, I like them to make the playoffs. I even like them to win the division. I think that all of those are, are pretty good, are pretty good value bets. If you want more information about the Falcons and the Giants. Like we scratched the surface here in these 30 minutes or so. We just scratched the surface. There's so much information about both of these teams available in Warren Sharp's 2023 football preview. You can read both the Falcons and the Giants chapters for free, for free over at sharpfootballanalysis.com. Go and sign up for that. Read the chapters. After you do, I promise you, you're gonna wanna buy the whole thing. You can also pre-order the book now, so make sure you go over there and do that. Um, and then it's going to be releasing. If you're listening to this, uh, if you're listening to this on a Friday, it's going to be releasing next week. So make sure you get over there and pre-order it as soon as you can. He's Rich. I'm Ray. We'll be back soon. Have a good week.